Welcome, everybody, to the Enemy Slime Podcast. This is episode, I think we're up to 53 now, is that right? You would think I would look at these before we start actually doing the podcast, but uh, that would that would issue like some semblance of professionalism, and I don't want to be doing stuff like that. You so, don't have to be professional in video games. Well, <laughs> we certainly learned that today, didn't we? But yes, it is indeed episode number 53. I am your host, Jared, and I have with me Mr. J. Joseph. Hello. We have Doug Wilson. The one and only. And we have Lucio Lorenzino. Hello. All right. So, uh, and if we're lucky, maybe we might be joined by a special guest, but that's just a maybe. We'll we'll see. It's up and to this you. time, we promise you, it's not you. Uh, it's not you. Are not the special guest this time. Although maybe maybe you are. Who knows? You never really know what we're going <laughs> to find do out here. after the podcast. You'll find out after the podcast whether or not there was a special guest on the podcast. Maybe he was here uh, the entire that. time. Maybe it was you. Maybe maybe we've got Obama on the podcast and he's just muted. We don't have Obama. He kept he kept saying inappropriate things, so we muted him. <laughs> And could could be Reggie. Yeah, it's Reggie. It's Mister. Uh, it's Mister. Phil's Philzum Philzumi. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Fizame. No, you don't. Yeah, that Phil is, Sammy. That's how you, it's pronounced. Fizame. I'm calling bullshit on that. No, it's totally, a man does not know how to pronounce his name. It's totally <coughs> totally true. What the hell was that? Did are you still playing Alien? No. All right. All right. Well, guys, it's we're an alien with Justin. Where do you even start today? Because this is a big week uh, for, you know, for video games. And I think, I mean, maybe what we should do is kind of recap all the stuff that's happening. And then we well, can... we haven't talked about BlizzCon on the podcast. That's yeah. the news. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to start with that, with that stuff, then let's let's do. So BlizzCon happened. Um, they had numerous tournaments for all their different games, including my personal favorite, Hearthstone. Uh, congrats to Firebat, the winner of the Hearthstone grand finals good good job and, good job firebat but the interesting news actually came in the form of a game announcement a game announcement that takes the shape of blizzard's first original ip i think uh isn't 17 years what people yeah, are 17 saying years. Yeah. So yep. there you go. Their, their first original ip in 17 years which doesn't really seem like something to brag about but here we are um so anyway it's called overwatch and it's team fortress oh I, that's a little unfair. Sorry, it's it's like it's Team Fortress made by Blizzard. There we go. Well, okay, let me let me let me put it in these words. Um, it's definitely an MMO FPS, um, massively multiplayer online, fat, fat first 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 peoples, fat people shooting. shooter. It's a first first people shooter. First first people shooter. <laughs> hey, watch it. We got the president on here. So I I, I think I think I think. You know, people just say Team Fortress 2 because that's the highest profile one. But they certainly didn't. Well, maybe they did create the genre, but they're not the only one in the genre. They're the only one that people play in the genre. No one plays Left 4 Dead anymore. I mean, if I um, wanted to be compared to somebody. <laughs> uh, I guess Evolve's coming up. Uh, we have Loadout, which is free to play. But I think Overwatch is trying to do a little something different. Well, first of all, Team Fortress 2 now, uh, you can't come in as a new player to that game because you don't have enough hats. Well, and actually, and, and, I was I was just thinking about our hat count in the Overwatch trailer, and it's, it's in the single digits. It's in the single digits. So there are a lot less hats in Overwatch, which means uh, you're going to be able to get along much easier in that game without a hat. You don't need to have a cowboy hat. 
and you don't need to have a Skullgirls hat. You don't need any of that stuff. You could just get in and you could just go hatless. Um, but no, it's supposed to seriously, I think, just be a little bit more accessible to new players. Um, matches are six on six, I think. I think Team Fortress is, is bigger than that. I haven't played Team Fortress in years, by the way, because it's just gotten so impossible to kind of deal with. Um, it's because it's so complex. You know, a game comes out and it's good and it's popular and they just keep adding shit on and adding shit on. And you come back in and everyone's yelling at you like, oh, you can't be, uh, you know, the scout anymore because you suck at the scout. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'm sorry, guys. So Overwatch comes in, and Overwatch is supposed to give you more mobility options, more options in terms of combat and uh, just flying around the screen. It looks like it's going to be a little bit more of a vertical game than Team Fortress 2 is. Um, there's not much more to say to it than that, though. We we got some <laughs> gameplay footage. And, we got and some we gameplay got, footage. We yeah. got a CGI trailer, which I hear is very... Uh, it's very DreamWorks-y. Like it's, like, uh-huh. it's as though DreamWorks made it. The people behind yeah. hits like Despicable Me 2 and Madagascar 3. Um, it's like they just stepped in and, uh, and made that trailer for, for, uh, for Blizzard. And... For Blizzard? I, I don't know. I don't know if it's... Uh, All I have to say is uh, it's the it, first time in a long time that I'm paying attention to something Blizzard is doing. It reminds it reminds it's more like mainframe entertainment who did reboot. Yeah, reboot. That's like reboot. Yeah, it looks like reboot or Beast yeah. Wars. Beast Wars. It looks like Beast Wars. I think if you if you got like reboot and Beast Wars and they had a baby, it would be Overwatch. It would be Overwatch. It would be the Overwatch cinematic trailer. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. we, we got the cinematic trailer and uh, all the all so, the so I, this is this is actually a big deal that Lucio says it's the first game he's paying attention to because Blizzard uh, he's not exactly the biggest fan of Blizzard games. I'm not no, I'm, I'm not either, and I'm not interested <laughs> in Overwatch at all. So I like Blizzard games, and I really don't care. Yeah. All right. So we're two we're two against so, two. No, but this makes a good point because what they're doing there is you know you, you have all the other shit from Blizzard. When all they're bringing people like me who are like oh well you know I play Warcraft three and then I checked out from Blizzard altogether back. I think I think there's something to be said about the way that Blizzard approaches games so that they're at least accessible. Um, do we not to not to derail your train of thought there? Do we did they release anything on pricing? Do you guys think this is going to be free to play? And I, I think I think it's going to be free to play. Yeah, looks it looks like the type of thing that would be right. I I, I don't know how they're going to be competitive if it's not free to play. Yeah, you know? that's true. I, uh, it'll, it'll probably have other money models. But, they've, uh, they've obviously had success with Hearthstone. and hats. Uh, It's going to be hats. Yeah. It'll be hats. There's no hats now, and there will be hats later. You know what? Years, I, I, I think, I think they, should, um, they should try boots. to innovate a little bit and maybe give me thongs. Boots. Boots. So the game, the game looks Shirts. a lot. Uh, it looks very similar to uh, Gigantic, which I talked about earlier after I got back from PAX. Yeah, and yeah, it looks very, very similar to Gigantic. And one of the things you'll notice both the games have in common is that they have a very wide cast of characters. And I am fairly certain that that is how they're going to monetize the game. Is With they'll, the characters. they'll do something similar to what League of Legends does, where they'll make like two heroes available for free or something. And if you want to unlock one of them to use all the time, you can. And I, I think it'll be that kind of model. I don't well, know. Finally, I don't know. there's a fat transgender I can play. Uh, you need to go play Loadout. That's got you covered right there. Loadout's on the case. 
<laughs> Loadout's already already got that done. Um, I think they'll come up with something a little more inventive than that. I think I think Blizzard's a little smarter about hooking people. It's like you might you might be like somewhere in the mon- uh, on the money, but it's going to have like these initial characters. I think that they showed us. I think everyone will get to play them. Uh, everyone's of course going to play Tracer because uh, uh, because people like and respect Cockney women. <laughs> that's why that's the only reason that they will play her um i think they'll be a little smart about it i think that blizzard overall as i was trying to say for you interrupted me so rudely jared our host terribly sorry um, i think blizzard is good at uh with at least trying to make their uh games accessible so hearthstone i know you got into it um i think world of warcraft I played MMOs before World of Warcraft came out, but I hated them so much. Like, I played Final Fantasy XI, and I had a team of folks that I would play with, and they were the only reasons I would ever come back to the game. Uh, the same thing with Fantasy Star Online, and then I think World of Warcraft made the first MMO that I actually played for the sake of the game, and not just for other people. Um, and I think, you know, I feel like I feel like there are RTS games are initially the same way, you know, before you get to the competitive level and all that kind of stuff. So I'm optimistic about Overwatch. Um, I'm I'm not the best FPS player in the world, but I like them. I like participating in them. As you know, I like Evolve. Um, interested in how that's going to show up. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give Overwatch a go. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it out. When you say it really fast, it sounds like you're saying Oprah Watch, which is actually a game I would be more interested in. Okay, like, that's maybe, fair. Maybe some kind of voyeuristic title where you spy on Oprah. You try not to get caught. Yeah, you're like hiding, hiding in bushes. You just <laughs> she's just doing innocuous stuff too. Like she's just going to the store. You don't want to see her undress or anything. You just want to like, you just want to feel like you're part of her life. You oh, really think Oprah me, goes let, to the store? Let me just say one thing. Talking about there's a game like that called TMZ. Yeah, it's That's like it, it's like that. Except you're not doing this for any kind of agenda aside from to feel wanted and loved. <laughs> uh, so you're stuck. You, you know, you can play this game in real life, right? Well, I. Now I'm kind of thinking about it. Okay, well, you should get to it. What do you think, Mr. President? All right, let's move on. <laughs> you agree. Uh, so there was, a, there was a Nintendo Direct. There was. Uh, and, oh, that's right. That, that happened. Uh, I struggle to remember what came out of it. Um, uh, Majora's Mask. Well, all of the games that we saw last in last Nintendo Direct, only again. Yeah, so I mean, obviously the big news is the Majora's Mask remake, um, which will be coming out on the 3DS next year. Uh, it, it sounds like uh, they've done a couple interviews with developers. It sounds like they've been working on it per, for a pretty fair amount of time. And, uh, yeah, at least three years. They, there's also, it's very, very vague, but they seem to be hinting that they've changed the gameplay in some kind of way, because Majora's Mask is probably the the most obtuse Zelda? Does that make sense? Like the the calendar system and and the limited time frame to beat the game definitely are are unique to that game and that game alone. And I think that at the time when the game came out, it was a source of frustration to some, while it was you know something that was really unique and interesting to others. And actually, I remember when I was a kid, that game really stressed me the fuck out. That's because you suck at video games. But now so that I'm it. now that I'm older, it doesn't it doesn't bother me nearly as much. I, I, it stressed me out, but for different reasons. It stressed me it stressed me out like Alien Isolation stresses me out now. And in, in what way is that? Well, first of all, Majora's Mask is definitely the creepiest Zelda. 
I don't think you yes. can debate that. You know, there, there, there's a reason it has so many urban legends around it. It's creepiness. Um, and I think that, that time system was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta hurry up and do things and, and all that. I, but I liked it though. It was a good kind of stress. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. That yeah. ended in that conversation. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, it's coming soon, so you're going to be able to experience it again. I'm I'm really excited because uh, I actually never was able to beat Majora's Mask. My only experience with that game was just via rentals, and uh, I just didn't have the fortitude to beat it in that brief of a time. And so. you missed the best part, which is the moon. Well, I'm the moon is there the entire game, so no, I don't. No, that's I don't, not what I mean. Do you get to go to the moon? You get to go yeah. inside the moon. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. That sounds awesome. It <laughs> is awesome. I want to do that. It's it's creepy, but it's awesome. I'm ready to and, I'm ready to do that. And like okay. I said a few podcasts ago, it's probably one of my favorite sellers of all time. Yeah. Well, now you're gonna get a chance to enjoy it again. So get it get stoked. So that is uh spring two thousand fifteen. Um the other thing that the Nintendo Direct gave us was they gave us a little more info on the Mario Kart DLC, and it can basically be summarized as, uh, what, I think they've added eight tracks and four characters. But the, you still can't play as a goddamn black man. Thanks, Obama. The tracks are inspired by... What F- you have to say to that? What you have to say for yourself? He's, I'm not taking... country that I won't, you created. I won't take him off mute. It's not happening. He's swearing a lot, though. Yeah, he's, he's just got a foul mouth. I mean... I'm Michelle that way. It's his own fault for not putting black people in Mario Kart. Michelle needs to tone him down a bit. Yeah, he, this one has a family, and those things are coming out of his mouth. So, the... Tracks in Mario Kart, they're based on F-Zero, uh, Zelda, Bike, and then they haven't really announced what the others are. Um, and then the characters that we get, Jay's correct, none of them are black. Uh, there is Link. Uh, who else? Oh, Tanuki, Mario, and Cat Peach. You know, you're... T- your two favorites. Cat Peach, I'm sold. I'm buying a Wii U right now. The two characters who already had three iterations in Mario Kart and both needed a fourth. So now you can be Mario, Metal Mario, Baby Mario, and now now also Tanuki Mario. I'm I, don't understand, I don't understand why Mario's cousin Jabari isn't in the game. That's a great question. Shit, what was that? Now I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, oh, oh. The other thing that they showed off in the Nintendo Direct is they showed off Sonic Boom, which... Oh, yes, Sonic Boom, yeah. Sonic Boom, which released today. And has has already given us some absurd game footage. I think that this is going to be the best Sonic game since Sonic the Hedgehog in 2006. I mean, it easily looks like the, the, um, the, the worst Sonic iteration that I've ever seen. Um, Which is quite a feat, because there are quite a few bad ones out there. Yeah, this one looks extra lame. <laughs> like, really good. I th- th- That cutscene that you linked to earlier today just, just boggles my mind. Whether it's... <laughs> which, which, which one? The one, that, the one that keeps focusing on, like, Knuckles' ass. <laughs> and what the fuck happened with Knuckles, man? Did they, like, tie him up and just feed him nothing but steroids and protein for, like, six years? And those, those... It's not only that. It's not only that it focuses on, on, on Knuckles' ass, but it looks like he's getting head from that weird little jellyfish thing the whole time. 
he does. Well, and like they're, the dialogue is so bad, and they're they're like, "I want Rocky Road or whatever." Take the road to the left. I want Rocky Road ice cream. What are you talking about? I never get what I want. We came here to get a crystal. Do you know where it is? Yeah, that bright thing. We had it, but who can sleep with that thing around? It's like living on the sun. We don't have it. We, we tossed it up the waterfall. If you climb up there, you may find it. Incoming! Look at the size of Lyric's ship! The only good thing about more enemies is I get to destroy more enemies. Lyric's goons! They're attacking! So, uh, so let me ask you this: Do you think Sonic Boom will get the award for uh, best 100% completion? Because you get a special little treat if you complete it 100%. That's the and that's the 3DS edition, right? That's a, that's the 3DS. That's the Amy Dance Party that I showed you. And that, I, even if I wanted to splice that into the podcast, <laughs> I couldn't. Um, but it it just I, when you when you linked me to that video, like my jaw dropped. I couldn't even believe that I was witnessing a thing that was actually real and true. And I do you want to, do you want to attempt describing it? So you you unlock this, and I want to just emphasize that because I think that's what really drives this home. You unlock this like this is they they thought that this was a prize for you. So. <laughs> You go to Amy's house on the world map and you enter it and this like blaring techno music plays and all four characters, five characters, however many, I think it's four, right? There's, it's five. It's five. There's, there's like a weird cat thing with them now. Amy, Tails, Sonic, weird cat thing and Knuckles. And they basically all stand there for a second while this music plays and then they all break into a synchronized dance. <laughs> And oh Jesus! It, it is the strangest fucking thing that I've ever seen. It, it's Why, it's really weird. It's a synchronized dance, but they're kind of doing the robot and. Uh, yeah, like so, there. It's very wooden, right? It's very wooden, jarring motions. Like there's, there's some like slapping motions and uh, <laughs> this weird robot dance and the the yeah the weird cat thing is slapping the air. What is? It? You know, like you That's, do when you dance. Like you do when you dance. Sticks. Sticks is a jungle badger. That's the cat thing. Oh, is it? A, is it female? Yes, it's a it's a girl. Okay, good. Yeah, because it yeah. certainly it certainly looks like it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's out. So I don't know if so, we're gonna ever talk about that on the site, but yeah, I, I give you a, I give you a challenge when we're on the chat to pitch me a good Sonic game. And you, I you take no, but you're supposed to be in the podcast. Okay, right. I, here I, I'm. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think there. Are, I think there are like four core tenets to a good Sonic game, and I think if you follow my simple instructions here, you will find that I, I am right. Um, okay. One is Sonic should be on a 2D plane. I think it just. I think it just doesn't really work right any other way. Um, mm-hmm. I think the games where they've attempted to mix the two have been more successful than the games that have been 100% 3D. 
but I think that you're just better off bringing it back to 2D period. So that's step one, is, is do that. Uh, step two is the game should star Sonic and Tails, and that's probably it. Maybe, maybe Knuckles can come. Uh, okay. Step three, nobody can speak. And that's, yes. that's a very critical step. <laughs> Sonic cannot talk. Tails cannot talk. Mario can't talk. And it's worked out fine for him. There was, there was never <laughs> any need. What, what about Lou Ferrigno? Lou, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, or well, his dad, so there you go. Who was he in the movie? Uh, Bob Hoskins. He was, <laughs> you know. Those both worked out pretty great. Yeah, those were classics. Those are gems for a reason. Um, even so, I stand by my claim that what we should do is, since nobody can write any good dialogue for Sonic, and since he really has no business oh, having oh. good dialogue to be... Like, as a character, there wait, is no wait. reason for Sonic the Hedgehog to say anything profound or dramatic. Like, oh, it's ba- entirely ba- unnecessary. Ba- back the fuck up. Jaleel White as Sonic the Hedgehog. And the original Saturday morning cartoon was amazing. Um, Here's here's I'll make one concession. If they absolutely feel like they have to insert some dialogue for Sonic, um, I will allow them to add gotta go fast. As a matter of fact, I am okay with an entirely scripted game. But the only thing Sonic can say, even if all the other characters can say other things, the only thing Sonic can say is gotta go fast. That's no good. And it frustrates the shit out of all the other characters because they're like, what do you think, Sonic? And he's like, gotta go fast. God damn it, Sonic. God damn it, Sonic. That's not helpful at all. (laughs) So, Jared, I'm almost on the same page with you, but not quite. All right, what what are... Let me ask first, what's wrong with my plan? Well, I, I... Looking at a pure gameplay perspective, I think the best parts of the old Sonic games that we all kind of collectively enjoy... Um, is no one remembers it's an equal part speed and platforming. Like, you had some great sections where you let Sonic rip, and then you had other sections that were just uh, some some pretty clever platforming, I think, back in the day, like Chemical Plant Zone and the rapidly rising waters and mm-hmm. try to get all out of there and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think those two things are key. Uh, I don't know if it's so much talking. I think Sonic can talk. I just don't think the game is allowed to have, like, a real story. I don't think that's allowed. I think it's like, oh, hey, Dr. Robotnik is being a dick and he's changing the animals into robots again. Go stop him. And I think that's it. I think I don't think you write anything else. I don't think there are any princesses. I don't think there are any silver hedgehogs. Uh, I don't think there are any jungle badgers or whatever. I think that's it. I think it's just, you know, Sonic, go stop Eggman. It's Eggman now from being a dick. That's it. Oh, um, and that's the other thing is it needs to be changed back to Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> And I actually think you guys hit on something very important, which is that I think big part of what's going on with Sonic is that they keep trying to fucking make it into some sort of epic, where all they really need to do is just follow, do the Mario formula, you know? Here's a bad guy, he's doing the same shit again, go do what you, what you do. No one, no one has an issue with Bowser coming back and being a dick. I mean, people, people like make that. jokes, people, but they don't people... care. People keep, but they still look, buy the games. I look. mean, there's there's the occasional person Peach. who's like, "Oh, how trite!" Bowser's back again, and he's kidnapped a princess. But Peach is probably fucking the shit out of Bowser because why else would he keep going after her? 
And it's like, yes, big lizard dick. All right, that's the that's that's the way she gets down. That's the way he gets down. Maybe they're keeping a secret from Mario, and he doesn't know, and he's the idiot that keeps going to save her. Guys, this is how, not... how don't you know that Mario isn't getting off to this either? Okay, okay. He might be getting off to it. I don't know what him and Luigi do. This is not in their very time, presidential. I'm not here to question that. But I'm saying no one really has a problem with that storyline. Okay, well, the fan fiction podcast is on Wednesdays. <laughs> I think that's a very good point, though. That you would know, you would you play a game? The problem is not only that Sonic has a has a plot, and they want to like make him into this like big epics. Is that they're also awful. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> they have to retcon Sonic every time, right? It's like every time there's a new story, it's like the old games don't exist. So it's like maybe they should stop making stories to those games, and everything would get a lot fucking better. It, yeah, but I mean, like with Lost World, the problem, like the story's lame and it doesn't help anything. Um, but the game is also not fun to play. And I, I, I think it's because there's just incompetent people behind it. You know, the joke about Sonic Boom is that these people are ex Naughty Dog for a reason. Um, <laughs> is, that, now, is that what they're saying? Is that they're ex Naughty Dog employees? Yeah. That seems implausible. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we it won't could be, know. It could be possible that, you know, you're sitting in the Jack and Daxter 3 or Jack 3 pitch sessions and you're like, hey, you know what should happen at the end of that game? We should have a robot where uh, Daxter just kind of standing around booty slapping the sky. And I think players would really enjoy that. This is a and bonus level when you get the, the 100%. Boss, <laughs> The boss looks at him and he's like, get the fuck out of my office, you're fired. <laughs> get your shit together, you're leaving. You know what would have been a better 100% completion reward is if it just like wiped the 3DS <laughs> after you finished it so that you couldn't ever do it, like if it bricked it permanently. <laughs> or it wiped your memory of having just played it. <laughs> there you go. You know what, you don't need to go that far, it's just a literal punch. <laughs> We are very, very sorry. It Actually, connects to your Wi-Fi and just prints a letter from your own printer. If, if, yeah, exactly. if all Sonic games just started, if the end credits all finished up with an apology, <laughs> like, from all of us at Team Sonic, we're so sorry. That would be the best Sonic game, huh? I, I'd add a point back on for each one. God. But, um. Oh Jesus! Yeah, we'll see. So, I, Sonic Boom's part of like a whole relaunch too, isn't it? Like, isn't yeah, it, it was so, supposed, it to, supposed to leach into like other media, like a cartoon and like supposed to. Does it? Is there a cartoon? I haven't. I think all that stuff already exists. I sure hope not. I know. I, I think. I think it's already out there that's, in the world. That's, that's the thing. Terrible news. Um, um, let's take a look. Let's see, Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom TV series. The series premiered on Cartoon Network in the United States on November 8th. So oh. it actually came on a couple days ago. And it's already been canceled. I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> and, uh, I have to get rid of cable. Here, I'll read you guys some episode descriptions. The, the, the number one problem I see right now is that they did not cast Julia White as Sonic. Oh, here we go. So first episode... After Tails gets injured during a battle against Eggman, Sonic, fearing for his safety, fires him and holds auditions for a new sidekick. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's wacky. I love that. That's the first episode. Second episode is allegedly homeless. Eggman stays over at Sonic and Tails' house, proving to be a rather annoying roommate. 
Oh, that's hilarious. That's why. Is this for real? Are you actually reading <laughs> the episode? I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally <laughs> serious. Oh, hey, a comic book based on a new franchise has been announced. God. So you get to enjoy it even more. Here, hang on here. Are, are there people who like this stuff? Probably. There are people who like this stuff. Why don't we settle this with a roommate meeting? Now, Sonic, do you have something you'd like to share with Eggman? Yes, gotta say this delicately. You're a horrible roommate and nobody in this house likes you. Let's frame our statements with, when you do this, it makes me feel this. Fine, okay, uh, let's see. When you live here, it makes me feel angry. Because you're a horrible roommate and nobody in this house likes you. <laughs> is that the voice of Sonic? He actually sounds a lot better than he usually does. He, he has it. He does say the same thing. It's sad. That's that's pretty. That's a pretty good Sonic. <laughs> like they kept that. Like he, he's all, he's always like a thirty year old like burnout. He's a thirty year old burnout. Yeah. Well, guess what? He's a fucking thirty year old burnout. That's, that's, that's From a game truth. series that is a burnout. It couldn't so. be more accurate. Like. Okay, that's a good point. I could have fixed it even more point. as if he sounded like an alcoholic. So I'm going to link what I found, <laughs> and then you can go ahead and cherry pick your favorite clips. All right. I I don't see why I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Should we talk about the big elephant in the room? Other franchises uh, no, because we had crapper? to talk about some good stuff first. Let me talk about my massive chalice, ladies. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> It's here waiting for you. So that hit uh, hit that hit early access today, and yeah. uh, you got to spend it some hit time it hard. With it. So tell tell me tell me what you think. What are your thoughts? All right. Well, it's early access, so um, it does need work. I will say, but so far my early thoughts are overall positive. I would say, I think uh, Massive Chalice, for those who don't know, is another double fine production. Um, and the theme this time is that you're that you're continuing a series of bloodlines and kind of this medieval-esque fantasy setting and uh, just making sure your nation grows and prospers and that you fend off the enemies that want to destroy it. Um, so the massive chalice is uh, is uh, what, open and but so what's the chalice? I'm sorry. Is it just a really big chalice? Yeah. It's really big. Can you drink out of it? I don't. I don't think I can wrap my hands around it. Oh, okay. Uh, you no, know, but you can press huge. it. You can press it to your lips. Yeah, I could press it to my lips. Okay, yeah. and give it. I, give it just a little I could, kiss. I give it a little kiss. Need two um, hands to hold the chalice. I do, I I don't know that I, it can fit in both my hands, and I don't know where it could fit. But I will try my hardest. You, could you crawl into the chalice and sleep? You actually could because it's a massive chalice and uh, the player is kind of the uh, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I missed it a little bit because there's uh, you know, I don't have the best hearing and there are no subtitles. So I guess I'm the king or the god or something of this nation. And uh, the massive chalice is my boss and it's a male voice and a female voice. And the male voice kind of represents wisdom and the female voice kind of represents war. And, you know, they tell me that they need me to lead the people because the people don't trust a massive chalice. Um, and so I set off 
and uh, I can never leave the throne room, but I can see through the eyes of my subjects. Uh, and the subjects start out with uh, as my heroes. So each hero is kind of typically, if you played any RPG or if you played uh, any RTS game, they're a unit, they're a class. So you start out with the hunter, the alchemist, um, and there's a couple of others. Or there's at least one other. I haven't seen that many outside of the hunter and alchemist. And um, so far, you do need a lot of ranged characters in this game, because if you're close range to enemies, they can fuck you up. So I haven't really bothered with anything else. Uh, the Caberjack. The Caberjack was the other one. Um, okay. So you set out, you use them to fight enemies, they level up. And then the cool part is you can start kind of designing your country. Um, do, do, you name, are, do you name your country? You don't name your country. And I'll, I'll actually get to the naming in a second, because... Um, I'm a little annoyed right now, uh, and it's not, and it's nothing bad, but, um, you know, so you get, you get your heroes, right? You get your heroes and each of them has kind of a pre-generated banner and last name. So for example, I have house Zark, kind of like house Stark, but with a Z Yeah. and house Zark, um, has a weird little animal skull thing as their symbol. There's also House Stat Savage that I have. Uh, Savage is like a storm cloud with thunder and lightning. So what you do in Massive Shotless is you kind of design your country, and it takes a long time to build things. So uh, let's say you want to build a keep, and building a keep is the only way uh, that you can install a family and keep their uh, bloodline going. So you build a keep. The first keep that you build takes about uh, four or five years to build. After that's built, you can put your family in there. And uh, with any luck, they'll start making babies. And you can use their babies to fight wars for you or to fill out other parts of your country. And there's a Sage's Guild you can build. Um, and there's something of a barracks that you can build. I forget what it's called right now. And you just install people, and it spreads around stats. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of uh, um, determines what you can build in your tech trees. And, and the tech trees and the stats aren't at all complicated. They're actually really simple. Um, but I think the main thing is building these keeps, right? And continuing with your bloodline. So right now I have three bloodlines going on. I have House Lamonica, uh, to the south, uh, to the north, and at the sea I have House Savage, and I have uh, my first house, House Zark, which is the land that I automatically got for playing the game. Um, and with each generation of kids, you know, their stats get better, their skills get better, uh, they inherit their parents' traits, so they have a mix of positive and negative traits. It's a lot like Rogue Legacy, if you played it, uh, or Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, you know, so there's a mix of things that drag them down and a mix of things that kind of boost them up. So House Sark is my first real family. When I initially when I initially started playing the game, it really started to kind of uh, kick my ass. It's kind of an XCOM level of difficulty at first, where enemies just do absolutely everything they can to abolish you. And the chalice even tells you, look, buddy, you need to accept death because it's going to happen a lot. Um, so, you know, I get to the second map. They're doing a pretty good job of wiping me out, whatever. But one of my first families produces a baby. Her name is Alice Sark. And Alice Sark turns out to be an absolute badass. And she kind of starts turning the tide of battle around. You know, she makes everything a little easier. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, so... Alice is going out being a badass, whatever. Uh, the other houses. Now, this is one of my this is one of my few complaints about the game so far. I feel like your initial set of heroes they all start a little too old, 
And by the time you really build enough stuff to, you know, get Bloodline started and start getting them gear and weapons and everything, your first set of heroes are all ready to basically die off. Um, and chances are they haven't produced any kids and you just have a bunch of heroes that are dead and infertile and all this kind of stuff. Um, but House Ark, for me, was an insanely successful family. House Ark spawned, you know, Edna Zark and her husband just got busy and they pumped these kids out like rabbits. I think I got something like six kids out of House Ark. Um, so I got Alice, who's the first one who's pretty badass. Unfortunately, Alice is uh, infertile, so she can't have kids, but I'll probably send her off to the barracks to train soldiers. Um, and I have all her brothers and sisters who are just in the game being hunters and kicking ass right now. Um, and this is what I want to say about the naming convention. Before you start the game, you can't choose your name, but you can choose what kind of names the games generates. Uh-huh. So you can choose for it to either generate serious names or you can choose for it to generate uh, comedic names. So I told it to generate both. Um, so how savage, I think, how savage their motto is weather the storm. And then how Salmonica, uh, their motto is protect the key. Do you know you want to know what a house Sark's saying is? I would I would love to. For the love of cheese. For the love of cheese. So here's my best family. Here's my most prolific family. It's got the most kids. It's got the best kids. And their banner is for the love of cheese. Uh, so that's a little unfortunate. but I know. mean, that, that's your fault. <laughs> it is my fault. I, I noticed when I was playing the game that it had a, a you know, a, a kind of out there sense of humor. Like It, it definitely has an out there sense of humor. Like the, the chalice itself is, is, uh, is good for a laugh. Well, and you'll start to you'll start to see it in like side quests and stuff like that. So, like, I had a soldier who requested that he be given some time off to go like sort stuff out in his hometown or something, and it was it was to like go fight a walrus or something, <laughs> something like that. See, you just reminded me. I had a I had I got two side quests so far. I got you, you're talking about the ones where your heroes come to you and they basically have a problem, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it is, I think. I just, I granted him leave or whatever, and then the soldier wasn't available, but he came back with more experience or something like that. So, so God, I had one uh, with one of my heroes, and this hero, he was like, hey, man, I'm kind of bored. I want to go hang out. And uh, I was like, okay, let's go, let's go see a play. And we saw a play, and the hero was like, oh, man, this play is about me, and it reminds me that my life sucks, so now I'm permanently depressed. <laughs> and, then my, and then he died. Shortly after, um, <laughs> what play was it? That was the worst play. <laughs> it had to be a pretty bad play. I had another. I had another side quest that turned out the opposite, though. Um, uh, I had this one soldier, Sylvia Savage, who was really good. So I really wanted her to get out there and make kids. But by the time I could build her a keep, she was getting up there. So I was worried she would die before she had any kids. Um, so I get a quest, and the doctor's like, "Well, uh, she's ready to." turn out these babies but she's there are labor complications so you can either try and save the mom you can either try and save the kids or you can go have a smoke whatever uh so i said okay let's try and save the kids and everything turned out happy because mommy lived and then she had twins so how savage is going to go for a while now um but i don't know i i yeah, it's, it's 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 sweet and during and I think you know I think I think I think that part of the game with a little quest and all that kind of stuff and even how the kids turn out with um 
with me and my Alice Sark fighting for the love of cheese. I think that's going to be great in kind of just kind of creating your own narrative for the game because no one is going to be able to play the same game. You know, everyone's going to turn out with uh, different families and different genetic traits and different side quests and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I really enjoy that. Um, you know, I think I'm going to enjoy it more when I get to have a little bit more control over tweaking uh, kind of the genetics lines. That was the best part of Fire Emblem Awakening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a eugenic scientist, saying you have the best stats, you have the best genes. So I want you to get together and make these kids. Um, you know, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I think right now my biggest problem with the game is kind of the difficulty curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now it's a downward curve and it's like a very steep downward curve because it starts out really hard and then it starts to get pretty easy. And I can only imagine that in a couple of generations, I'm going to be able to, uh, trounce the game. I might be mistaken. I'm not that far yet, but we'll see. Um, you know, so I think that definitely needs to be balanced a bit. I mm-hmm. think so far I'm seeing a lot of things in the game where it's going to be easy to kind of dead end yourself. Like it's, um, it's possible right now, Edna Stark, you know, she's, she's ready. She's ready to keep going. She's in her fifties and she's like, Hey, I want to have more kids. And I've literally like ran out of men. So there's no one, there's no husband for her. I can't, I can't, uh, let her go and get the dick again as much as she wants to. But you can't, you can't like hire like a mercenary or something like that. Yeah, you can, but it takes like several years to get them. Oh, um, so you well, know. there you go. So maybe to give you some impressions on where the game's at when the press release that also you know was included when they sent this over, uh, the verbiage that they gave me is the game is pretty well complete and already playable from start to finish, with the remaining work being mostly balancing, tuning, and polish as we work towards a 1.0 release in spring of 2015. So yeah, I, I I saw that release. I I you know I think um I do think balancing is a big issue right now. I think uh, okay once they've kind of got that settled, then uh, it looks promising. You know I don't want to get too excited, but I'm definitely having a, a better time than not with the game um, after some initial hiccups. Okay, yeah, I uh, I th- I think it looks like it could be you know, a lot of fun. I didn't get to play it that long. And so I didn't have a super heavy grasp on what I was doing sometimes. Like I, he'd just be like, you know, the guy who was helping me is like, click here. And so I did. And then like years went by and I didn't know that clicking there was going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and that's what's supposed to happen. You know, it's just, it's just kind of, uh, you just really have to keep track of the ages of the characters. Uh, you know, if if it's, if it's one thing I'm going to try and tweet at the developer, it's like, Hey, I really like the game, but, um, it would be nice if your starting heroes all started younger, you know, so that it could really start playing with them and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, keeping track of those ages is important. Um, Cause next thing you know, you know, your hero starts out, it's like, Oh, she's 15 years old. This is great. I have a new army. Um, and then she gets to be 60 and she's dead. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> keep an eye on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, circle of life, uh, Jay. It's a it's a circle of life, but you're you're an immortal that lives for a very long time, and uh, people are really slow in this game. They're slow as construction people are in New York City, so it takes them about seven or eight years to build one fucking thing. So, um, I think I think Massive Child sounds good. If you're if, if uh, you've actually described it with such vivid detail, I think just by listening to it, you would probably know whether or not that's your kind of game. It, it definitely sounds like something that I'm going to dig. And, and probably pick up. 
And I think I think the final note I want to say the the reason I'm more excited than not about Massive Chalice is uh, I, I I'm finding myself you know I, I I grew up on RPGs I grew up on JRPGs I love a good story but I'm finding myself liking more and more the stories that I kind of create myself and Massive Chalice really just doesn't tell you oh this is your ultimate objective you need to do this I like I like the ones where I can kind of create my own narrative so that's nice yeah yeah uh, Shadow of Mordor you should check it out. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 not uh, I'm not kidding. I'm being serious. Don't Speaking laugh. Shadows of Mordor. Don't laugh at me. Shadows of Mordor. It's a uh, no, because it's a, because Shadows of Mordor, which is a Lord of the Rings franchise, is one of the best games of the year. Just like Alien Isolation is, and Walking Dead is, and I think in a time of Superman Six, we would never think that these licensed IPs uh, would be any good. We certainly wouldn't expect them to beat out, like, you know, I don't know, uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> you certainly wouldn't expect that, would you? No, you wouldn't think so. But uh, it, it really feels like we're headed that way because t- I, today... Let me, let me ask you this. <laughs> because, look, we had a Walking Dead video game that was bad, right? Uh-huh. And we had a Lord of the Rings video game. I don't want to say it was bad, but wasn't exactly good. There have been bad ones. There have been bad Lord of the Rings. It doesn't matter how you want to slice it. There have been bad ones. Okay, so there have been bad Lord of the Rings. And then, you know, last year we had Colonial Marines, and everyone's like, well, Sega just doesn't know what they're doing with the Alien series. And but and so, was there a question that you were going to attach to the end of it? The point is, would you imagine kind of like nine months later that they would come out with excellent, maybe, maybe Walking Dead, because Telltale got there first with their game. But for Lord of the Rings and for, like, Alien, you wouldn't expect that less than a year later they would turn out, like, really good games. I I just, by default, don't expect licensed games to be good, period. Like Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, my expectations aren't even based on Colonial Marines. My expectations are just based on, like life and this and the, the series <laughs> well, of happy accidents that occasionally like like golden knight golden is a happy accident i don't right, think that, a happy, happy accident. and uh i'm trying to think of something else i'm struggling to even think of something what, what's another licensed game that not not the ones turtles that we were just talking about but turtles, turtles and time. turtles in time okay fair enough um arkham two of them yeah actually that's another one where same deal where i didn't expect it to be good and it wound up being really good so yeah. I mean, it, it does happen. It's a thing that can happen. It's a thing that can happen, but I think, you know, you don't expect these games to come out really good. And you certainly, if, if it's your job to make a video game, right? If, if let, Let's say you have one franchise that you do year after year. You would expect each year maybe you get a little better at making it. Yeah. No. But the problem is, is that if you're super shameless, then you'll not even be satisfied enough by releasing one game every year. And instead, you may feel like you need to do more than that. Um, so Assassin's Creed released today with its two iterations, the first being Unity, which is touted as being developed for next-gen systems. I think that perhaps they're referring to the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox 2. Um, <laughs> but it developed for next-gen systems. And then the other uh, Assassin's Creed title is Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is de- developed for past-gen systems uh, like the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3. Right. And I think you could tell, before we even got to this point, 
that things were not going to maybe like Assassin's Creed Unity has been kind of suspicious. So it wasn't playable at E3. Uh, right. Unless unless you it was like by invitation, closed doors kind of thing. It wasn't playable at PAX, except for by invitation, closed doors. So it, it felt weird for a game that was coming out in two months to not be playable on the show floor. Like all they were even showing was just cinematic trailers, nothing else. Um, and then when the review copies for Unity finally shipped... Uh, the review embargo specifically requested that no reviews be released until 12 hours after the game had been released. Oh, that's always a good sign. That's I've never even heard of a stipulation like that. <laughs> because it's shit. And then it, it boggles oh, the mind. Oh, whoa, 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 And then, whoa, and then wow. uh, uh, it's worth mentioning that Assassin's Creed Rogue, they didn't even send out review copies. So Unity, they asked everybody to delay it, and then Rogue, they just didn't send out anything. So I have to say though, Rogue, it's okay. We're actually we're actually we're on a we're I, on a pretty I, from, uh, from the way that you kind of presented it, I thought you were going to say something a lot. I don't know which which one do you guys want to talk about first. I mean, I'm not I'm not that far. Into I, I want to hear about Rogue because I feel like Unity is going to go all night. All right, let's talk yeah. about Rogue. So so Lucio, so, tell me tell me about Rogue. So Rogue reminds me of purchasing a game on Steam that was made with RPG Maker, and they're using all the default assets. <laughs> so like when you play an R- when you play an RPG Maker game, or or maybe like I think a better description might be like they they took the assets from you know like Final Fantasy or something like that. So right, you're playing a new story, but there's Locke from Final Fantasy. <laughs> right, exactly. Now you're playing with these old assets. So you know, in the first hour, which is what I played. Um, I walked around, first of all, when the game was uh, installing and loading, my son came into the room, he looked at the screen and goes like, oh, you're playing uh, Assassin's Creed 4. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't really need to say more about that than that part. But then, you know, the map, map assets are the same, the weapons assets are the same, the characters look very similar. You get a ship, and it's the jackdaw with like a blue coat of paint, basically, uh-huh. and different sails. Okay. Um, the game handles the same. Um, and then as soon as you finish the introductory area, you are taken into the modern storyline where you are in the Abstergo offices that are exactly the same Abstergo offices that you were in the last game. And you may or may not be the same guy. I'm not sure about that. And honestly, I don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so you're walking around the Abstergo offices. You go back into the Animus and you're in the Homestead from Assassin's Creed 3. And Adewale is there, and uh, Achilles is there. What, Adewale <laughs> and Achilles are in there? They're palling yeah. around. Well, yep. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. <laughs> are, are they, do, do they like know each other, or do they just both happen to be there? No, they know each other, and they're both super legendary. Because guys. they're both black, and every black guy knows each other. So yeah, well, we talked about at least so. one thing right. <laughs> I mean, that's how we got Obama on the podcast. I know him. Yeah, you right. knew him. So... You know, basically, Adewale is very old, and and Achilles is very young. That's that's the uh, the sticking thing here. So, is that is that like their wacky dynamic? Like, right. Like, whoa! So, I don't understand you kids with your muskets. <laughs> so, well, apparently, um, Adewale fucked something up because you know, why would they make him do something right? After playing second fiddle to fucking Edward for an entire game, but that's beside the point. <laughs> or, or giving him his own game—that's not good. 
Well, that's true. But uh, anyway, the frontier is exactly the same as in Assassin's Creed 3. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 exactly it's, it's, it's supposed to be, though, right? It's the same place. Yeah, you know, like... So this is America. Here. My president is black and my Lambo is blue. And my frontier is white. How... Um, I'm, just, I'm just curious. How does it run? Because... It runs well. Like, like the performance is pretty good. Yeah, because I felt, like I would think so because they had two games now to patch. No, wait, 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 let him finish. What were you saying? It runs like what? Like a good world patch, Assassin's Creed three and four. Okay, because I was gonna say Assassin's Creed three ran like shit. So, but but you had to download Black, uh, Black, day Black, one, Black Flag ran like shit. Day one, um, one. five hundred megabyte patch. So you know. Yeah, because so that was my big question when we were moving into Rogue is Assassin's Creed had just so obviously become a PC game. Um, I mean, even the PC ports are lazy, but like the, just to get a good experience, it just had to be run on PC. And so I was wondering if now that this one wouldn't be coming out on launch on PC, if they would do a good job of optimizing it for the console, like of its only two platforms that it's on. So, But you're I mean, saying it does run pretty smooth? For the hour I played, yeah, I mean, I haven't done anything crazy, like fight a ton of dudes or anything like that. Yeah, but, I mean, the, even the but first... It's, it's, it's run well, and, you know, it looks nice. Assassin's Creed 4 and 3 and 4 look very nice on the PS3, and, you know, this one looks nice, too, because it uses the same fucking assets. <laughs> so... Well, I mean, I mean Assassin's, works, Assassin's Creed always looks nice. It's not a question of looks nice. It's, it's a... I have to say well. one thing about Rogue, and it is that... What I really didn't like about Assassin's Creed 4 was fixable. And, the, and story, the story missions sucked. Um, and I didn't like the characters. And I felt that it was kind of lazy. And I don't think this is not going to be lazy. But at least I think that if they can get some variety on the uh, missions and make the characters a little less, uh, less terrible, it might actually be a pretty decent game. I'm seeing it more uh, than I than I expected. Let, let, let me ask you this: Is Shay at least an interesting character? No. Oh God! Come on. Not only that, but like in the first hour, you have like these people doing you tutorials, and you have this badass like Native American assassin, uh, and you have this like really hot and interesting like female assassin, and you even have like another uh, Irish assassin that's more interesting than you. Of course, because they're better at making you know. More interesting, other alternative assassins than they are the main hero. Yeah, I feel like so, that's been the case a couple of games. Pretty, pretty, pretty well, much since Ezio. I'll, I'll, I'll say this for Shay. Uh, at least he's not like he's not unlikable. Like at, Edward, at, at least he's not Edward, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, like Edward for me was really unlikable, and I hated him to the last moment. So yeah, you know. I, I was not a big fan of Edward at all. I, I didn't really have an issue with him. Is Did you right? like him? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, more than more than Connor, but Edward is your friend who's constantly getting arrested because he will do anything for money except get a job. That's Edward. Yeah, that's Edward. You know what though? He always made sense. Like if there was if there was a woman about to be murdered and a pot of gold, like right next to each other, <laughs> y- you didn't you weren't surprised when he went for the pot of gold. Like you're like, oh, I know what he's gonna do here. But well, you see, yeah. my, 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 my problem with that is that it took him, how, how long is the game? Like like 20 hours, 15 hours? Yeah, it, takes this, it takes this man 14 hours of his friends berating him and telling him, hey, Edward, 
maybe you should be a little less greedy. And Edward's like, no, I like being greedy. It always works out. It's the very last second. <laughs> of everybody the game. dies around them. <laughs> everybody's wondering what dies around. You them. know, uh, maybe maybe try this. Go play Black Flag again, but pretend that Edward is a leprechaun. <laughs> And see if it improves your story mode. Okay. And he has an Irish accent. Yeah. I'll tell you what. He's, he's like, still, oh, hoity toity toy. I can't wait to get my hands on some <laughs> some pirate gold. Instead of doing that, I'm going to play Rogue, which is the same assets, and Shay, who is already Irish. You can pretend anyone's a leprechaun. <laughs> does, so there you go. Does Shay sound so like Rogue. that? No, he, does, he doesn't have a... Does he do a jig? He doesn't have much of anything. He's kind of... All I got in is that all the other assassins keep uh, yelling at him for how lazy and useless he is. So, you know, that might explain why he went over to the other side. Yeah, so his <laughs> nagging mom that he eventually decides to, to murder. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, the game starts, are like, you know, you go to train and they're like, you're late. And they're like, you know, she's like, hey, why are we training so hard? And, you know, instead of explaining to him the uh, impending war against the Templars that they've been having for the past 1,000 years, they go like, well, you know, we know that you suck and you don't want to improve yourself. <laughs> Do you think there's just like a bet at Ubisoft? It's like, you know, hey, we created the most interesting character ever in Ezio. Now let's see who can make the worst character in all our future games, <laughs> including Watch Dogs. And you know what bothers me about all this? Is we're playing a game between Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Assassin's Creed 3, where the main character is an assassin turned Templar that's going to fuck up the whole uh, assassin operation in the Americas, uh, and it's not uh, fucking Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. are we not playing? Wait, you, you Why? Cut, you cut out. Why are you not playing as who? Hatham. Oh. That guy. Hatham was the most interesting guy in the world. Yeah, Hatham was pretty interesting. I mean, definitely the best character to come out of Assassin's Creed 3. I, th- I think out of the en- entire Assassin's Creed America trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I would I'd say that's fair. I agree. Yeah. And I think after Hatham, the next most interesting character is probably Avalon, because she has, uh, what's the word? Jeez. Um, oh, personality. She has personality. Yes. It's just something they don't like to give their assassins anymore. Well, I'd actually, I'd, I would probably give them credit for... Well, should we talk about Unity? Let's talk about Unity. So, <laughs> it's a game. Where do we start here? That? Oh, man. That's like the biggest sign in the world. That's, that's I don't know where a positive to... sign. Well, because there's... So, I, I have something I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, dog had a lot let, of passion. Let, let Doug go. Let, this. Let, let Doug go. So, literally, within, like, the first, I would say, 30 seconds of, of starting the new a new game in there... It presents you with these lists of, of options of, of like other like yeah. you're in the Abstergo thing and it's a huge list. And some of the games have already been made. Like obviously there's the black flag version of it and the Ezio ones and, and right in like the middle there's one that's like the feudal Japan or China one and I was like, Well, why can't I just play that game instead? The one that they've sworn they'll never make. Yeah, oh, I was like, I, I well, wanna play that. And it's, guys, it's locked until I, I can never play it. I have good news for you. They're going to come out with Assassin's Creed Chronicle China, which and it's is going a side to be, scroller. But yeah, it's a side scroller for, and it's DLC for the game you're playing now. What's not to like about that? Wait, it's a side scroller. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's a side scroller, which I have always seen so good for Assassin's Creed. By the way, I don't want that. So can I not I mean, have I that? Say, 
I should pre- uh, preface my my hate fueled rant that I don't really like Assassin's Creed, and I only am playing it because I got it for free with my Xbox. And if I didn't, I'd be really pissed that I bought it. That bad, huh? <laughs> All right, lay it on. Wow. Well, I don't want to say I, I, I. It's just not. It's it's terribly. It runs terribly, and it just feels like it's just going to be the same Assassin's Creed game that I don't like, but even but runs shittier. It does. Like, it does. Before run I even got bad. to the 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 title screen, Unity, I had already noticed at least three noticeable frame drops and i wasn't even doing anything like that spectacular i like kicked one of the little lift things and i was like oh that there was a frame drop Mm -hmm. and it and then the loading the loading screens are way too long oh yeah i i I forgot the scene that happened because they're so long so there's this (laughs) there's this uh uh there's this thing that it does where in the top right hand corner the loading icon pops up and it starts spinning and that sits there and spins for about 30 seconds and you're like oh we're we're just about there and then after about 30 to 40 seconds in the dead center of the page a second loading bar appears and, yeah, that, that and slowly fun. slowly starts to fill up and you're like oh why didn't you just put that there from the beginning i guess because then i would have noticed how fucking ridiculous the load time is well no what you're missing is that the circle is actually loading the loading bar <laughs> that's how optimized the game is yes it's pretty good so um i i think that they're uh we're talking about compelling characters and personality i think that arno the main character comes across as having a personality the problem is at least so far that personality is largely just the same as ezio's um mm. Like, they're very, very similar characters, e- even down to, like, stylistic things like hairstyle and, and stuff like that. Like, they they look alike. Um, they're they're both, you know, th- interested in girls. And, I mean, I guess any time you write a, a teenage boy, that's just how it's going to be. But, um, you know, young tragedy in the family when, when they're little. Um, a close relative who turns out to be a Templar. Um, Wait, so... You're, not, you're, you're saying they didn't get the interesting aspects of Ezio. I think it's a no, no, no. I mean, like from a from a personality perspective, like like Arno is just kind of uh, sarcastic and and quippy, and he just he he's very reminiscent of like the young uh, mouthy Ezio was. Well, that's how you French already are. played that game. Yeah, I mean that is that is the problem, right? Is that I feel like they've made a, another good character at least so far from my initial impressions but the problem is is that that character's kind of one i already played as well if uh if i were ubisoft and i swung and i missed with connor and i swung and i missed with aiden and i did the same yet again with edward i would say hey screw it let's just make our best character again make the one that worked again and there's still plenty of time for him to change and i mean they could make this dynamic with your templar relative uh interesting like there's definitely there's a bigger twist on it than than you had with like Haytham and and connor um but i still i i don't know it 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 feels very uninspired to find out that this person was a templar like yeah it's like we kind of that already you can you can figure it out too like the second that you see them like dressed up a little bit and you're like oh 
You're a, you're oh, a Templar. That's who that is. Of course. What well, see, and then here's the thing, because um, you guys didn't play Liberation, but it's the same shit again. They do something similar in Liberation? Yeah, yeah. It's tra- it's tragedy when she's a girl, and then there's a family member who's clearly a Templar. Well, there you have it. You get called Pisspot a lot in the first half of the game. Yeah, the assassin you meet likes to call you Pisspot. Um, like, like, way too much. <laughs> like, he says this, it, like, all the time. I'm like, okay, I get it. That's weird. They have a, a French assassin that insults you a lot in Rogue, too. Yeah. Oh, good. So uh, it's completely maybe, uninspired. It's a thing. Maybe it's like a thing they're doing now. I'm trying to French think of, people that insult you. They they did make some changes to the movement that I like. Um so in Assassin's Creed, uh, in the Ezio trilogy, it, it kept the controls where if you hold down the trigger and you run into a wall, you have to also be holding A to scale the wall. Otherwise, you'll just run into it. And uh, in Assassin's Creed 3 and 4, they took that out. So mm-hmm. if you just hold the trigger and run into the wall, you just scale it. And a lot of times, that's not what I wanted. Um, and so they they changed it back again. So... If you're holding down the trigger and A, your character will be geared towards moving upwards. So if he runs into a wall, he'll try to climb up it. If he runs into an object, he'll try to you know vault up it. And then if you hold the right trigger in B, you do the exact opposite, which is you try to mantle downwards. And so if you're on top of a roof and you run up to an edge and it's not a, um, you know, a jumping point, you'll still scale down by just holding the trigger in B. Instead of this like awkward, you know, that's always been the problem with Assassin's Creed, right? As you climb a building and then it's like, great, now how do I get down? Like you either need to, well, yeah, if you can find a haystack to get into or if you can stomach the damage, but now you don't have to have those be the only two options. Like now you can also just hold down this trigger and the button and you'll just climb down. That is nice. I I, I don't play very many Assassin's Creed games, so that was kind of new to me and Mm -hmm. I, I did enjoy that. The movement updates are good so far. It still controls like Assassin's Creed usually does. And when I say that, what I mean is like, how do you, I, I don't know how to describe it, but Assassin's Creed to me is always a game where when I'm playing it, I, I do a lot of shit that I didn't mean to do. Like uh-huh. I, get, I get caught on edges or I, I get flipped around when I didn't want to. Um, I had a, I was trying to climb in a window and like I got stuck in this weird like, programming circle where he like wouldn't want to move from this tiny little corner I was and the window was right there and yeah. I was like what the fuck is your problem go in the goddamn window yeah there's still a lot of times where your flow while you're free running gets interrupted because you hit a wall that you can't quite you know I, I think everybody in here has probably experienced this where you're running across rooftops and you get to a rooftop that you want to mantle up but it's just too high and so you just keep jumping up it and grabbing nothing and falling back down and it just kills your momentum. And then you have to go and like reorganize and find a different way around. And um, that, that problem's still there. Like, I don't, I don't think they'll ever figure out how to make that go away. The only way that they can do it is kind of by killing the free running and just making you like a Superman. I mean, the, which also wouldn't work very well. I think you could be a little more generous with the free running. Like, you don't, I didn't have these moments in Shadow of Mordor. Like, you just you look at something you're like I want to run up that and then you do. It's okay. it's not a big it's not a big I issue. Mean, I haven't played it so I don't I can't really comment to that. I I mean I I'll just say it right now like Shadow of Mortar is an Assassin's Creed game that's like good like they did a good yeah. job. 
Well, yeah, we, we established that it's the best Assassin's Creed game this year. Yeah, for uh. sure. <laughs> um, it might even be the best one, like, since 2. <laughs> Maybe Brotherhood, because I know that that's everybody's favorite. It's not really mine, but... Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't, it, it really runs bad. Like it, it runs really, really, really badly and I've barely done anything and it feels, it feels very similar to Assassin's Creed three. So if you found the performance issues in that game palatable on launch, then you're probably going to find this okay too. Um, but I think it's absolutely miserable and I think they knew it was going to be bad and that's why they insisted everybody hold back on the reviews because they didn't want it to affect their midnight release. Like, this game is a glitchy, buggy mess, and, I mean, I guess I should have expected that, because that's how Assassin's Creed games are. So, I don't know... I'd like to correct you that this is how Ubisoft games are. Eh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I I can't think of the last one I played on launch, aside from Watch Dogs. Which was... I don't think Watch Dogs was a buggy mess. I just think it was a shitty game. That's true. They did have seven years to work on it. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's if you're thinking of picking up Unity, um, just I would wait or get it on the PC. But even then, it sounds like you need a pretty good PC to run it. I was watching a guy play it with hey. like, a, like a GTX 970. Hey, it does not. Uh, none of the PC stuff I've seen so far looks good. I would not tell any listener to get it for the PC. Well, I'm just hey. saying, I'm just saying at the very least, I can guarantee you that either of the consoles it runs terribly. I can't say the same about the PC. Well, they did like the frame rate analysis, and I guess the Xbox One actually runs a little bit better than the PS4 one, but they're still sub 30, like on average all the time. Yeah, and it definitely feels like that. It it really really does. I don't even know if it's fixable. Like, it's it's yeah. Drop it to seven twenty p. Is it that bad? It's it's pretty bad. It 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 impedes gameplay. Like for sure. Wow. I I would say it does at least. Um, I'm I I take really big notice with framey stuff, and um, it's not not to keep saying Shadow of Mordor, but to go from a game that didn't have any of those problems to a game that just has nothing but those problems is pretty crazy. And I mean, they are doing a lot of stuff. Like, there are a lot of characters on screen. Um, but they don't do, like, I mean, it's cool to have a huge crowd, but at the same time, there's just not a whole lot, like, it's just a big crowd. There's not, gameplay-wise, they Yeah, and you, you, you pretty quickly identify the three NPCs, too. Like, there's the red shirt, the blue shirt, and the green shirt, and then they just, you know, swap out the heads and genders. That's always been kind of the thing, though. They always talk about their big, living, breathing towns and cities and all this kind of stuff. And then the NPCs don't really do much of anything. They might as well just not be there. They just sit They like, there's just a crowd. There's just a crowd that does nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'd usually when there's crowd, again, unless there's like an event, they're moving. They're not just sit standing in a city street <laughs> just bitching at one another. So how, for, far, how far did you get, Doug? I got a little bit past the, the title screen, and then I, I did something else. Okay, so you're not an assassin yet, right? Uh, no. I mean, I can take assassin's missions, which is weird. I know that's something you could always have done. Well, then you're really going to appreciate uh, Black Flag, because you don't become an assassin in that game until, what, halfway through? Yeah. yeah I, 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 I've, I've been playing that, too. Um, and I was like, what the f- I'm not an assassin yet. Why can I take assassin's contracts? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, I got a lot of 
Yeah, but at least Black Flag, you like get the hidden blade like within the first five. Like, I still don't have a hidden blade. Um, at least I had a boat, and the boat's actually kind of fun in Black Flag. And I mean, I've only I've only played for about an hour and a half, and uh, so and I'm already to the assassins recruitment phase. So I just need to finish this puzzle in a church. I watched this dude streaming this game the day before launch, and he could not figure out this puzzle in this church, and it takes like five seconds. So, I, I mean, I just want to pick up on what Doug said with the boat, because I hear, you know, so far that's one of the big criticisms of Unity. It's like, look, if you didn't like uh, 3, and if you didn't like Black Flag, there was still fun stuff to do in the form of the side quests, right? Because right. in, three, in 3, I personally had a lot of fun with both the, uh, the naval missions and building up the homestead. You know, I thought those were some of the best parts of the game. And then in Black mm-hmm. Flag, I'm not a big fan of Black Flag. In fact, Zio has my copy, um, and I don't care to get it back. Um, but I had a lot of fun in the in the ship and taking other ships and exploring the ocean and all that. It's that it's just the actual assassin stuff. It's called Assassin's Creed, and the assassin stuff isn't fun. Um, well, it's like I was saying, you know, the, the game is fixable in the sense that if they fix the assassin missions and they make the characters not horrible, then you know they could have been, it could be good. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Um, but um. So one of one of the things that I've heard about Unity is the um, kind of like there's just not anything to do outside of being an assassin. Is that correct? I, like there's no side quest at all. I don't think either of us are far enough to say that. Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I, I don't expect to have a fucking boat because you know that doesn't that doesn't sound right. I'm I'm sure there's plenty of stuff. No, to that's do. That, that's the main criticism I'm hearing that that the side missions really just aren't fun in this game. And yeah. that there's not much else outside of being an assassin because they've returned back to the core urban setting. There's no frontier. There's no Caribbean sea. Um, it's just scaling buildings and assassinating targets and uh, um, do a lot chase of like French composer pieces across rooftops. Well, you could do that for a while. I'll, um, I mean, I'll, I'll provide more info on that as we go. But I, I, I do hear that the best part of the game is actually the time anomalies. So I would be curious to hear about that. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm pretty far from that. So I assume I don't. I don't. Who knows? But either way, so is there a, is there a murder storyline to this one? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's uh, as minimalized as it gets. Yeah, as it gets better than. I mean, the most, the most minimalized than... was um, was liberation because you didn't have to deal with it. So you, know, you had you had these hacks that interrupted the game, and that was it. You you, you never control anybody. Uh, at least you, I haven't yet, and I don't think that I will. Yeah, um, I, I think all we. I don't know if you've seen more, but it was like, hey, Abstergo is bad. You should play this now. Yeah, someone named Bishop shows up. So you're you start the game playing as a Templar, and you get hacked into or whatever, and this this girl shows up on your screen and is like, hey. I'm going to change your game a little bit. You're going to like it more or whatever. And uh, by the way, I'm not a prude or anything, but she has like the lowest cut shirt. Like, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that that's not right. Something about her anatomy is weird. Just give us a shot and we'll we'll judge that. Yeah, I, I'll I'll have to dig one up and let you see because it's it's pretty out there. But either way, um, I we didn't even get to one of the most egregious things. So. The first of all, there are chests all over Assassin's Creed. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. And there are three kinds, and two of which <laughs> you can't open without signing up for extra services. So, oh fuck me! One of them um, 
you uh, you have to sign up for UPlay. And I'm trying to... I don't even... Really, I don't really understand what the other one is. There's some, like, Assassin's Creed pass. Yeah, it's a, it's a mobile app. That's what it is. Yeah, so oh. there's some kind of... There's some kind of, like, mobile app pass that you're supposed to have, and it, those will let you open those chests. Otherwise, they don't open. So I mean, they, they, they played around with it in Black Flag, and they played around with it in Watch Dogs, but they weren't a necessity. It sounds like, for the most part, it's superfluous stuff. So, like... Um, extra costumes and shit like that. So, I mean, it's not like you're missing out on chests that would have been there anyway, but it feels really intrusive because if you're a completionist and that's how you derive satisfaction, you're going to be really annoyed with all these chests scattered across your map that you can't clear. Um, the other... So what version did you get? Did you get the Amazon version or did you get the GameStop version? Neither. I got I got just the regular limited edition that, that you get at Target. Oh, man, you're lame. I, I, here's here's a weird thing. I bought the game. Here's how neurotic I am. I bought the game last night at midnight with at Walmart because I also got the Master Chief collection. And I, I didn't even notice until I brought it home. It's got this, the label has this big fucking band, this blue band across the top that's like Walmart special edition now with costume. And I literally like, I can't stomach having that. So I bought a different copy and returned the Walmart one. <laughs> I'm, I'm so terrible. serious. I, That's terrible. That shit just drives me up the wall. I, I, when I bought, um, uh, uh, shit, what's the game with monkey and, um, oh, uh, enslaved. monkey. Yeah. Enslaved. When I bought enslaved uh, monkey escape, I don't know. It's a- ape escape. Um, ape escape. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it, when I bought Enslaved, it was the same deal. I got it at Walmart, and the label has like this big ass blue dot in the middle of it. It's like I bought this at Walmart, and it's just, <laughs> <laughs> there's something so be ashamed, shameful, and weird about it. Let me mention one last thing know? about Assassin's Creed. So the chests are intrusive <laughs> and obnoxious. The uh, the last thing is the microtransactions. Um, so for the first time, Assassin's Creed has what is the equivalent of like a coin doubler that lets you unlock things at a faster rate. Um, the highest tier, this boggles my mind, the highest uh-huh. tier that you can purchase this currency for is $99. The game is only $60. Okay. What could, but... what could possibly be in this game that's so good? And I mean... Well, this is why is Ubisoft doing something that already failed for EA last year yeah it, it failed so badly for ea ea had to stop doing it yeah so, so let's do that guys I, I guess this is what i would say this is like the moral of the story about assassin's creed unity it is an okay so far assassin's creed game like it's okay um but it's just so abhorrently and blatantly anti-consumer that that like overpowers it. Like it's maybe a three or a four as an Assassin's Creed game, but the frame rate, the microtransactions, the forced uplay integration, the load times, all this other shit just jumps in to take what is could probably be a perfectly acceptable game and entry in the series and just like stamps it out completely. I'll, I'll admit I'm I'm bummed out because I'm somewhat of um of a fresh faced Assassin's Creed player. My my first my very first one ever was Brotherhood, and that was like a couple of months after it came out. Um, mm-hmm. So I played Brotherhood. I did not get Revelations, but I grabbed three, and I actually did like three. Um, you know, I guess I guess uh, it's not the most popular game, but I liked it. I had I had a good time with it. Um, 
And then from there, it seemed like the game just started, the, the franchise just started going rapidly south. Like, uh, Liberation was okay. I'm not, like, jumping off the wall for it, but I liked it enough. And then Black Flag comes out, and it's like, what am I kind of even playing here in terms of the story and the day one problems with the graphics and performance? Um, and then, oh god, the Freedom Cry DLC was uh, pretty bad, too. Even um, even here's here's the here's the thing like even Activision is not so greedy that they feel the need to release two Call of Duties a year. Like <laughs> this is just this is not Ubisoft needs to back the fuck off because sure. people, take a year off and like fine tune the game. Take a break. Fine, refocus. Fine tune the game. Look 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 for like I I think it's time that that they stop all the bullshit about. We can't have guns and we can't have cars and an Eastern setting would be trite and all this kind of shit. I think it's time to explore like entirely new settings. I'm tired. I'm tired of kind of the old Jay, European city model now. But know? Jay, yeah. how are we going to reuse assets if we do that? <laughs> I boy, understand that. Boy, understand in, that. in Unity, like as soon as you get just a little lost into the city, it feels exactly like every Assassin's Creed city that you've ever played. Like it. It is identical. There's no way that you would ever be like, "Oh yes, I'm clearly in France." Like, I'm in yes. Versailles. And I and I think it's I think it's time. You know, they just have to really push it and go new places. You could go to the east. Uh, you could go to Egypt. I don't know. You can go um, Africa, South America. Do something interesting. Some, something interesting. And um, you know, I I could even forgive a bland protagonist if at least the environment was something new and fresh and interesting. And I think, you know, I think, I think black flag kind of sort of started getting there, but it seems like they're just going back to the same shit. Um, I think, I think my best analogy for this is the Dries Ortugas analogy, which is spoken to before in the chat, but I live in, in Miami and I'm pretty familiar with most of the Caribbean. And there's this fort, right? Called Dries Ortugas. Um, that's right off the coast of Florida that I've been to and I've been actually camping on. Now, when Assassin's Creed 2 and, and Brotherhood came out, I have a friend who is Italian. He told me, you know, these places are exactly like what you see if you go there. Like, if you go to some of the churches that are in Italy, they're going to be where they are in the map and they're going to look exactly like they look in the game. And, and- Dry Tortugas looks nothing <laughs> they just made it up. They to, were like, whatever. To right. add to add to that, like uh, when I went to Italy and to Florence specifically, I I knew what a lot of shit was because like exactly. there was there was literally like a like a chapel I went to where I was like, oh fuck, I climbed this in Assassin's exactly. Creed. Well, because before they were like really concerned about I you see, and I think that's the thing about Black Flag. Black Flag disappointed me because you know you can get something at least historically out of it. I think, you know, when I played Brotherhood, I was like, oh, this shit is really cool. It feels like I'm actually there. Um, and then I played Black Flag, and, like, I'm, I'm like, a big kind of pirate nerd. I, I grew up on that shit. I would check out every pirate museum in the Caribbean whenever I got the chance. Um, you know, so, so I had, like, some detailed information on this. So I was really looking forward to Black Flag, and it's like, you know, they just didn't bother with any kind of research at all. And to be fair, pirates don't have a lot of information. I was going to say, but available. It's, it's not exactly oh, the most so documented map of what but the e- e- Even so, they could have done a better job than they did with, you know, Black Flag. And I think part of that is the time restriction. They just can't research them like they used to. 
Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're you right. can tell that the move to a, like a yearly yearly series kind of took a lot of the soul out of the series. His history was always a big part of the series, and it felt Assassin's Creed Two felt like really lovingly crafted, like really uh, well researched, and and like like yeah, we want to make this sweet game where you're an assassin, but we also want to impart like actual history to you. And even Assassin's Creed Three, I got that vibe from. Yes. Um, but I feel like they've just kind of, and, and you know what, Unity might totally be like that. So I'll give I'll give props back to it if that's the case. Like so far, I'm not grossly offended by Unity. I'm just like, I it just it just needed like another six months. I I yeah I and again I think you know other gameplay modes. I I kind of dread to see what driving is like in an Assassin's Creed game after Watch Dogs, but it might be more fun um, if they. They went ahead and did it, and just did some more modern uh, events. If they I think went, they just need to axe Watchdogs and like take whatever shit they've developed for it and roll it into Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and yeah, it, it could be like you—you you can be like this hacker Templar or something. And yeah, whatever. Like, oh, I, you know, it turns I, out Aiden Pierce was one too, and we just never said it. You know, I think I think I, I think I, I know we're we're split on our agreement in the podcast, but I think enough people have asked for World War Two. You know, my my big fan fantasy, you know, maybe I'll write a fan fiction about it, is the Cuban Revolution. You know, that would be a great setting. Um, I mean, I can't. Can you think of a better assassination target than Hitler? I mean, let's be real here. <laughs> like, yeah, and, yeah and World no War Two. No, no one actually knows how he died. Sure. You World know, War Two's yeah. trite. But <laughs> no, I mean, it's only one of the most recorded events in human history. But no, nobody knows how he died. No, that's that's before the suicide. But no soldiers actually got to him. Right. So you take you take your assassin. You get him inside uh, Adolf's and Ava's bunker, you know, uh, where they're supposed to take the cyanide. And it's like, here's how it actually happened. Here's the hidden blade. Stab him in the back, and then some fucking assassin. Or maybe you played as Hitler after World War Two. So I thought I thought Jay was making a joke. Have I told you guys about my mom and Hitler? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Don't tell. I thought I thought Jay was actually making a joke at my mom earlier because uh, when I was a little kid, I learned about Hitler, you know, in school. And when you're when you're doing history class, you know, they they don't teach you like all of World War Two on the first day. So it's almost like a like it's almost like a mini series or something that I'm watching where like this big bad guy Hitler appears and he's really mean and nasty and I wanted some spoilers and so I came home and I asked my mom I'm like you know I tell her what I've learned about and about this scary Hitler person and I'm like mom what happened to Hitler and she she looks at me and she just says nobody knows <laughs> he could be under your bed <laughs> I don't know what made her think that, but... Uh, uh, here we go, here we go. By the 1930s, Hitler was under the influence of the Templar Order. Attaining an apple of Edom from Templar industrialist Henry Ford, intending for him to use it to start <laughs> wow. World War II. Alongside, uh, so alo- use of- hold on, I'm not done. Alongside fellow Templar puppet Joseph Stalin, Hitler bought on the turmoil and fear necessary for Abstergal Industries to take control of the working population. Is, it, is Obama uh, on, a Templar? Th- there's more. On 30th of April 1945, at the end of the war, Hitler executed his body double inside the Fatal Bunker and planned to meet Winston Churchill with the Apple of Eden at a rendezvous point. However, upon leaving the bunker, Hitler was assassinated by the assassins. See, I'd, I'd, I'd play that shit. <laughs> 
I'd play that shit. You can't tell me that's not tight. You know, I think I kind of want one set in Russia where you like your Stalin's the big bad guy. Um, That'd be kind of cool. See, the comic books in Russia, so you don't want that. I think I, mean, uh, I think just scrap it all, like go to the future, laser guns, Assassin's Creed twenty ninety nine, Prey two, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I think I think I think there's some pretty boss fan art of an Assassin's Creed in the future too. Anyway, oh, of like an assassin in a space suit. So we have emails. Yeah, we're running like super long, super so long, yeah. we have an email, and it's just it's very fitting for what we're. Uh, talking about tonight so this email comes to us from parker who i feel like has emailed us before um parker asks whether or not we are doing game of the year so he he says i enjoyed your game of the year coverage last year and i enjoyed the aspect of voting and guessing who was going to be the winner are you guys planning on doing the same thing this coming year or will you change the model now that you've been able to play more games than before and I, th- I guess the first thing that I would correct is I would not say that we've been able to play more games. Um, I think that there's still a lot of games that none of us have played. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that a fair assessment? Yes. Uh, this year, definitely, for me. If, yeah. it, it almost feels like I've played less this year. Yeah, than I've definitely I, played less games this year than, than I, did I did last by, year. So I think that if it... Uh, we haven't really talked about it. We haven't really planned it. But I, th- I think that was probably the intent is that we would just do pretty much exactly what we did last time which is everyone will pick five and uh and then we'll put them all into a bracket i i I was worried uh like a a month or two ago but i definitely have five now (laughs) well i mean if it's clear from this podcast that it's gonna be unity it's gonna be unity (laughs) and i mean unity is gonna be game of the year and rogue's gonna be runner-up yes and then Watch Dogs is going to be in the third place. Watch Dogs will be in third place, yeah. yeah uh, Evil, Evil Within will get fourth. Let's see. So here's my five. Watch Dogs, Evil Within, Destiny, uh, <laughs> Thief, and Castlevania Two: Lords of Shadow. Okay. And Space Base. I think that's a good list. Space Base DF9. And, uh, and Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's not quite good enough. Oh yeah, murdered soul suspect. You forgot murdered soul suspect. <laughs> Boy, we've had some gems this year, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we Twenty fourteen, the year of the gamer. Good golly, <laughs> I don't think there's been an Aliens Colonial Marines, but I mean they've definitely come. Oh, close. Sonic Boom came out today. Oh, that's true. Actually, I didn't even think to add that to my game of the year. I'm gonna have to go back and revise this. <laughs> you are you've already forgotten about it, and you haven't even like played it. I'm going to find it. I I don't think I can stomach purchasing it unless I can find it used. There's got to be used copies out there already, right? (laughs) People who are like, oh, they they bring it home. They're like, God damn it. I bought a Sonic game. (laughs) That's true. All right. Well, anyway, thank you, Parker, for writing in. Yes, I think we're going to pretty much do it exactly the way we did it last year. It was fun, right? You guys have it fun. It was fun. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, we did, we did voting. I think I think people liked it. Maybe we I, can I get a little I more. Think the, I think it's the best option for game of the year. Maybe, honestly, maybe even. We can... Well, and, and to be real, I think that I think that the community. I was kind of worried putting it in their hands, but. Um, I think everybody made a really good choice. Like, I think we picked a great game to be game of the year last year. Hey, I believed in the people the whole time. Even if only two... You, you got wrong in your bracket. You were almost the last one. So don't come here telling me you believe in the people. I do believe in the people. You don't because believe. Because I... You, no, mean, my you, game, you my lost game of the, year, the people at the last moment. My, my, look, my game of the year choices 
All right. Came really close. I, I was wrong guessing, but my game of the year choices were about exactly. spot on. So you didn't believe in the people. You I did lost believe in the people. In the people I, I am the let voice the of the people. people down. No, I did not let the fucking people down. You let the people down. <laughs> All right. They let him down by not choosing the, the items that he picked. No, they chose They chose what I... They chose. I, 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 I predicted they would vote one way. But exactly. my games were You didn't trust the people. So but spiritually, not people. spiritually... I'm not saying that you didn't pick their fucking page. page. I'm saying that mentally, you didn't pick the people. Mentally, right. maybe a little difference. But spiritually, this we is, were right there. This is a stupid argument. Thank you for listening to the Enemy Slime podcast. <laughs> if you haven't already, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Please subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. And uh, dear God, for the love of all that is holy, we are out. Thank you, President Obama, for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you to all our veterans. It's Veterans Day. Thank you. Make unity. Show for me. Uh, thank you for all the soldiers in Call of Duty, for all that you have done for our nation. For putting up with Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Go to his... our Steam group. We're lonely there. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. Go follow us on Steam. Just fuck, fuck, follow us everywhere. Bye. We're out.